1: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtzcast. Cole Petham here as always and of course Danny Raza and Simon O'Regan are here as well. We're going to discuss all things Villa, of course, their loss today. You'll hear this of course on Monday. Uh, 3-1 loss to United at home. Shocker there. Not, of course. And uh, some good news we'll talk about near the end of the pod regarding the Villa women staying up on the final day of the WSL season. So some good news there. So it kind of have a mixture of a podcast here, some good and bad. So we'll take that all into account now. But Danny, I'll come to you first. How's it going? Yeah, man, not too bad.
2: Not too bad. Uh, nearing the end of the season here. And uh, it's been a few years since we've kind of had one of those uh, ends of the seasons where nothing really matters. Um, so just kind of enjoying watching watching Villa play. Uh regardless of results, I suppose at the moment, pressures off. But uh can't lie, the result did kind of kill my vibe a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean it's United. I think they kill everyone's vibe if you're not a United fan anyway. So we'll get on to everything going their way in the history of that, probably shortly, I'm sure of it. But of course, it's always a party of three for all this good fun, and that being Simon O'Regan being the third to this party of fun. So Simon, how's it going?
0: Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um just, I mean, been always at home to United. I don't know why I always get disappointed when it happens, but, but I do. And yeah, was, um, I'm still quite frustrated, as I'm sure we'll we'll dive into. But those those a few things that I'm I'm not happy about from that
1: ninety minutes. But uh, as I say, we'll get into that. I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, well, guys, let's admit it's the hope that kills us all. Of course, Villa going into the halftime break, one nil up uh, Bertrand Triario with one hell of a finish kind of came from absolutely nowhere um, in the 24th minute. You know what? To be fair, we didn't look like the better side probably for the first 10 or so minutes. We grew very slowly into it, but dealt with a lot of things defensively, fairly comfortably. I'd say they had some tame efforts, but Emmy Martinez is always kind of equal to those. And you know what? Going into half, it's one of those things with Villa. What team are we going to expect going into the second half? And, well, we got our prototypical Villa from last season or the season before or the season before and on and on and on. Of course, Dougie Louise gives away a penalty uh, to Paul Pogba. Everyone's favorite man there, Bruno Fernandez scores a penalty, Shocker, uh, Fernandes, as many call him. Mason Greenwood, it turns Ming's inside out on something that can probably be called uh, being done better by the defense and Emmy Martinez as well. And of course, Edison Cavani Edison Cavani in the 87th minute, I should say properly um, scores the one that kind of seals everything. And you know what, for me, that's probably one of the most frustrating uh, goals to concede in the final few minutes, but to be fair to Dino as well, he did go for it. Um, kind of around the 75th minute and we'll get into that of course throughout this i just wanted to give everyone a recap but anyways danny i'll come to you first what do you make of this result i mean it's just it's united isn't it
2: yeah all around i think um it's frustrating because uh we've just seen kind of a repeat of the sort of frustrating decisions we always seem to kind of be on the wrong end of against Manchester United. This isn't an accusation by the way of corruption towards referees or anything like that. It just so happens that whenever we play United, um, you know, the decisions don't, don't go our way. I mean, but to, to be fair, and I, 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 you know, I have to say that Villa being undone today, they, they, they got undone by the better team. They, they weren't the best team today. Um, and they, they only really have themselves to blame. And, um, you know, th- th- there were some really good elements of, of our play today. You know, we, we dominated uh, for the first sort of 30, 40 minutes against United, but then it almost seemed as though once we were ahead, uh, the foot sort of went off the gas and we just kind of allowed United a lot of opportunities. And what, 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 what I think most Villa fans will be kind of leaving most annoyed with is the fact that, you know, much like Matty Cash did a couple of weeks ago um, against, who was it? Was it Man City? Um, Dougie Louise, Kind of losing his cool almost, and just kind of uh, giving away, you know, a silly play this time, resulting in a penalty from Manchester United that, that kind of set Villa on the on the path to defeat, really. Um, and and it does seem usually with Villa when when something does go wrong in the match. And I know this is very different to the Everton game, but you know look at the actual trend rather than the anomaly when something does go wrong in a match Villa seemed to panic quite a lot um and I suppose yeah I just I just wonder how they sort of fix that heading into next season
1: yeah and I mean I don't know if we really need to touch on the first half too much because it was a mixture to be honest you could easily say United were on the front foot we like I said before dealt with it very well it's just, I, I don't know what's going on mentality wise. It just things like this is so last season where it's like four minutes, five minutes of just absolute chaos. Minds sets are gone. It, no one's paying attention. Everyone switches off and it puts us behind. And I, ironically, I was saying to my girlfriend at halftime, she's like, Oh, you guys are doing very well. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to last. And of course she finally comes back to join me and we're two, one down. So um, that was only within a 10 minute span. So that kind of speaks to my level of wisdom when we play United. So I feel very smart on that, but Simon, where does this kind of deeter down to you really? Like what's kind of the one thing in this whole game that you point out and say like, yeah, that's, that's a big culprit there for why we lost. Um, I think it, it's those five minutes of, of madness uh, just
0: after half-time when they went two one up. I, I, I think the first half, I, I think, yeah, the first five, ten minutes, but United won the front foot, like, possession-wise, didn't do anything. And then I thought, the rest of the first half, But I, I thought we played quite well. I thought we we defended well. We, we pressed them at times quite well as well. That's how, how we got our goal. And United, you know, they didn't really offer anything. And then In the start of the second half, they came out sort of on top again, like you'd expect them to, but they didn't, they weren't threatening. And then just a moment of pure stupidity from Douglas Louise. I mean, when you think of our game against Old Trafford, it was Louise and Pogba that were involved in the penalty there, which, and that one for me was never a penalty. So Louise should have, you know, he should have been smart. You know that you don't need to touch him and you're going, you could give away a penalty. So to make a challenge like that, Was just stupid, and then, like you know, what's it two, three minutes later? They got the second one. Mings, yeah, I think he can do better there. I think Greenwood's turned him quite nicely. Like if you're looking at that from an attacking point of view, you'd say he did well there. And Martinez, you could argue as well, got caught out maybe at his near post. I think he's expecting it to go to the far post. But then even after that, like. Again, I, I don't think United were that great. And to be honest, I don't think they've actually been that good all season. It's I find it strange on their second, because every time I watch them, this game is like how they play away from home. They don't seem to play particularly well, but they, they just win. And again, especially if it's against us, they're always going to win, aren't they? But I think, yeah, just five minutes of madness gifted them the game and, and it was always going to be a struggle for us to get back into it. And I don't think we... Really, I know we, we went through it with the substitutions, but I, I don't really recall any stage in that second half where it looked like we were sort of peppering them and putting them under pressure. So that was disappointing. But I think uh, I think there was a, a poor refereeing decision in the middle of all of that, which could have made a big difference and helped us get back into that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, see, the one thing that bugs me, and I mean, it speaks true to a lot of games when it comes to Villa, we score a goal. It comes from nothing. And sometimes we hold on perfectly, but you can't always do that. Like I, I don't have the stats in front of me. And I'm, I'm That's sure. That's not maybe, true
2: anymore, Cole. That's not true so. anymore. When is the last time we did that?
1: Well, look at, you could say leads. For instance, I'm saying like one nails where we're, we're holding on that kind of thing. So like leads, uh, what Southampton. Um, there's been a few this season where we've been able to do that. Last season, we didn't. My issue is, you just we're not creating more chances and I think that's the thing you look at okay we're 2-1 down but if you look at any other opportunity we had was it really troubling we had a few dangerous balls into the box but nothing came of it you had a few shots that were very tame it just it's hard to go into games against your cities United's etc etc and expect a lot when you make create one or two chances and if that's it you better convert on them but at the end of the day, when you play a lot of these teams, one chance isn't enough. But, Dan, if you have something to say, go ahead.
2: No, I mean, this is what happens. I mean, you're not, you would expect United to dominate possession, right? I think like we didn't let United create that many chances. And, and I just think defensively, we've really, really, really let ourselves down. And it seems to be happening every week now where it's just like, you know, are, are we capable of keeping clean sheets anymore? We've been waiting for Martinez's 15th for so long now
1: we should have never mentioned that i think we cursed it to be honest
2: (laughs) It's, it's ridiculous but like you know um part of that is if you can go through a game without your defenders making a silly error like that that would help so so much but it seems every single game there's a culprit someone does something which you know isn't look okay let me let me give you an example you know people might criticize mason greenwood's goal against mings right that's 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 the attacker beating the defender. That's fine, yeah. What I don't like is Dougie Louise going into the back of Paul Pogba when it makes absolutely no sense to do it, or like Matty Cash making rash challenges in the box. Uh, uh, by the way, I know he's been one of our stars this season, but you know you see, you see things like that happening, um, and or Matty Cash making that second yellow challenge a couple of weeks ago. Why why are we doing things like that? If you want to, if you want to hold on against United, if you want to, if you want to get wins against United, City, Liverpool, you can't be doing that. And um, as much as you can turn around and say, you know, over the course of ninety minutes, you know, things happen. Like, you you can't you can't be doing that week in week out in the Premier League. If Villa really have European ambitions. And they want to, you know, emulate West Ham and Leicester City and how well they're doing at the top of the table, right? In the games that you play well, you want you want to capitalize on that. You want to capitalize on the fact that you're you're ahead. You want to capitalize on the fact that your attackers are playing okay or that you've got some sort of grip on the game. To throw that away with silly defensive errors, that's what I don't like, and that seems to be happening too often now. So,
1: yeah, can I can I just say though how nice it is and refreshing it is on a positive note to be talking about. Finishing mid-table European aspirations and not having to worry about getting relegated. I think that's the one thing I look at and go like, I think it's almost a cop-out in some ways, based on where we are, just be like, oh, well, we're safe. And I think for a lot of people, that was the main worry. And then you have others that somehow thought we're going to finish in the top four because of early season. And you saw that with Everton now, too. They're struggling and they're realistically probably not going to get in the top five I would imagine unless they just go on an absolute blinder for the rest of the season but Mm. Simon I'll come to you on this one I mean let's 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 kind of blend the Greenwood handball shout and um, the Watkins um, quote-unquote simulation dive together we'll just we'll tie these together and try to get through this as quickly as possible because it annoys me so much to even think about this but We'll start with Greenwood. I mean, where does that stand for you? To me, it's – it's. I can see how it can be a little harsh, but at the same time, if you're looking at the rules, it's a handball.
0: I don't even think it would have been harsh. It's 100% a handball. Now, you can argue, yeah, he's close to him, but now obviously we're just looking at each other on video, so it's not good for the podcast and for people listening. But he, he's jumped and his arm's up here. If you're jumping and your arm is above your head, like – it, I, I just I cannot for the life of me see how that is. Have they not even said go and have a look at that? And what is so annoying is, like obviously there's no way of proving this, but you can 100% guarantee if that has happened at the other end that a penalty has been given. Like, I, I, it's not even an argument for me as to whether it's a debatable one. He's arm, he's jumped with his arm above his head. That's not a natural position. So, whether you might think oh it's harsh because he's close. When you see what some penalties are given for, I, I just I cannot get my head around the fact that that's how they've not even told him to go and have a look at it. That's that's what really frustrates me the most. Is like how you can hold someone in the VI booth can look at that and go, "Yeah, there's nothing to see here." Like I, I'm just I'm so annoyed of it. Really, really annoyed with that one.
2: It's a perception, isn't it? It's it's like you know, um, indiv So you know, I can understand why you might feel like that, Simon. It's because like you know individually you might look at that and kind of you might come to that conclusion where it's like okay you know his hands in an, in a natural position or, 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 or whatever you know he hasn't got much time to move it out the way but at the end of the day he's defended that with his hand that ball that that ball you know gets out of the box because it's because it's hit Mason Greenwood's hand his hands not in front of his face it's not the ball's not gonna hit his face you know that it, it hits his hand which is oh, it's a body body yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean it's it's, it's, it's just like that and I think, I think whatever was going to happen today let's be honest after the last two games where let's be honest the referees made horrendous penalty decisions against Villa for Manchester United um, every little decision that was going to happen today was going to get you know put under the microscope massively so I think for, for, for Villa fans it's massively frustrating that, that you know something like that happens and isn't given with Watkins that that was even more baffling though. Oh, That, that, that one you're not even got Let's a chance. You've not, not even got a chance of winning the game at that point. You're not even got a chance really of, of leveling the game, but it's it's consistency. It's consistency because with the Greenwood incidents, you see those, you see those given because of because the hands are in an unnatural position. With the Watkins decision, you don't see players get booked for that. Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing a player get booked for simulation in that situation, in that oh.
1: scenario. The, sorry for interrupting you, Danny. The worst thing uh, that I. Go for the, the thing that annoys me the most with the Watkins decision, you see panels post match or at halftime say how almost clever it is sometimes for them to anticipate contact and to go down. I watched the post match panel for this one. And of course, it's. Harry Kane,
2: Harry Kane, Harry.
1: Well, basically, <laughs> well, they had, I think my panel that I watched had Petrov, So it was good to see him kind of, actually, he was probably the one that spoke the most sense above anybody else. And then you have your uh, prototypical um, United kind of lovers in there as well. I can't remember exactly who it was, but I, I just don't understand it. Like, so what you, he has to run through him, get kicked like in the ribs, basically, to get it when okay yeah he went down a little early but you're also anticipating it there's going to be contact anyway so what's the difference like to me like I I can understand that side of it a little bit but contact is contact at the end of the day the way the game is played now you sneeze on someone it's a penalty so like the fact that he even had the balls to book him for that is like uh, I don't know it it really frustrates me and like uh, yeah go ahead Danny no, I was going to say that. The modern game, right? I know, I know someone's going to come in, right? The modern game is that, like,
2: if you get touched in the box, you have to go down, right? And, if, and if VAR, VAR is forced to give, <laughs> give you a penalty if there's contact. <laughs> regardless, regardless of whether you could have stayed up in the situation, regardless of whether you go down easily, VAR is forced to give you that decision. Almost. It seems that way anyway. So, like, microscopically, you, you, you view these things. So here's my second thing on the Watkins thing. Even if, even if Watkins has gone down early, Where's the deception? Because VAR can't give that anyway. True. VAR is going to look at it. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying don't book players for simulation, but like I don't understand how the referee can can look at that very quickly and go right yellow card. Just weird.
1: Yeah. It's Weird. Simon, let it all out. Give it to us. <laughs> hey, well,
0: I, I agree with what Danny's last point. There is how how can the referee be sure that that there's been no contact there. Like, the, to be fair, the first couple of replays, I wasn't sure lad, how much contact there was. There was one last replay they showed where you can clearly see he does catch him on the knee and I've seen uh, uh, photos on Twitter of, of showing that. Now, you can argue, was it enough to send him down? But that, as you sort of touched upon earlier, that's, that's irrelevant in, in the modern game now. That, that point of, is it enough to send them down? That's, that's a non-argument that you can use. And um, it, it reminds me of, uh, do you remember the, uh, the Harry Kane penalty that he got against us a few weeks ago? Like, it's, it's, it is, it's clever centre-forward play. It's, you're, you know full well that contact's there. And instead of getting out of the way, you allow the contact to happen to get the penalty. It's frustrating when it goes against you. But it is. I, I think it, it is just the uh, modern, clever centre-forward play. And to, to get a sense off for that, It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, Watkins must be absolutely fuming about it. And also, I mean, he played every single minute of every game before that. So that record's gone. But it's just, it just seems typical of the type of decisions, especially when we play United, that just always go against us. Like again, that's another one that, if I think at the other end, I don't think a player's getting a second yellow. Rashford's not getting a second yellow and sent off for that. That's yeah, just how it feels.
2: Someone yeah. described it as like if it's you know if it's certain players right. It's described as cute and it's described as clever. Hurricane. right? And you know, the, you, you might get the player get up and laugh and kind of say, oh, fair play, referee." You know, you might have got it. You might have got it right. The referee ran towards Watkins and booked him, and immediately knew it was a yellow. Oh
0: no! It's, it's just, ju- it's, it's just, it's just
2: infuriating as a fan. You know, it, You know, because. Okay, maybe maybe in this scenario wasn't the worst one I've ever seen in my life, right? But we've seen it happen with the Jack Grealish incident. How are you so How are you so confident as the referee when VAR is around that you've made that decision correctly? There, just
1: yeah. Well, that I think that shows the inconsistencies. How do you go from not knowing anything, second guessing everything, all of a sudden? No, hundred percent. It it does like it, it there is like okay it's humans making decisions so there's always going to be bias and i don't honestly i don't care if any united fan wants to argue that but whether i, I think the referee was is from manchester i'm not going to draw on that but anyways cuz that i think that's just a scapegoat for a lot of people to make the kind of alternative argument but it is what it is these these were not in isolation
2: by the way these were not in isolation the worst um, decisions Villa have, have, have ever had against. Them, oh right? Jesus! No, remember the cause, last cause, cause, one. Because, <laughs> like, if if this if this was just another game, it wasn't Manchester United we would be turning around and going, okay, fair enough, those decisions, you know, whatever. The Greenwood one, for, you know, for what it's worth, I think it's fifty fifty. Let Let's not get it twisted. Villa lost today because they were because you know they, they weren't the better team. You know, let's let's be let's be totally honest. Um, Watkins up front on his own today, it just didn't work. Uh, we we play the same way against everybody, and uh, teams can prepare for it. And
0: yeah, I we could have. I would. Have I would agree better. that we weren't the better team, but I, I still think you you can make an argument though that Man U. I don't think Man U. did enough to actually really beat us. We we gifted them that with those two goals. Should,
2: yeah. Besides, that's the two, issue.
0: Yeah, I know. It's just frustrating. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's it's another game where. Like you come out of it, it's like the Tottenham one as well, where like you and the Liverpool one, you look at them all, you think, okay, we we haven't been great, but neither would the opposition. We've just it's it's so frustrating because like, I think you were mentioning earlier, Danny, about it's it's individual areas. If if like the whole team is defending poorly as a unit, or the opposition are so good that they just pull you apart, you can sort of make peace with that in a way. But it's when when it's uh, one individual, it's it's not the same individual, you know, each week it's, there's been someone who's done something wrong. When they're making those individual errors, like Dean Smith on the sideline must be tearing his hair off. Because cause what, as a manager and as a coach, there's not an awful lot you can do to stop a player making a stupid error like that, is there? No, no. there
2: isn't. And it's it's those, it's those, oh, you know, here we go again moments. It's those moments. It's never those, oh, okay. Fair enough. Oh, we saw that coming. Okay, fair enough. It's always what you're doing. It's that, it's that it's it's that, that makes you want to tear your hair out. It's like today, Dougie Louise, what are you doing? And why is it always in the big games? Like, you know, we've got you've got opportunities to 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 really push on. And the thing is, it's our it's our star performers that make these errors as well.
1: So Yeah, well, yeah. he's not a defensive midfielder, and I like that's for me, that's the one thing that needs to be fixed the most because I I don't know how many instances of play this season where it's just our midfield gets bypassed like it's absolutely nothing. And I, I don't really have too much of an issue with it at times because I have confidence in our defense this season. It's been way better than in previous years, and I'm very happy to see that. But I don't know. It's just someone to break up play a little bit more. And I think when you have someone that can be as creative as Doug Louise can, I just want to see him a little bit further up the pitch. And I think okay, yeah. sometimes players like his, of his skill set can make good defensive decisions, but I don't want them making it as often as he needs to. And I'm not saying that's a scapegoat to get out of this, but I, I don't know if an, a, a true in like in and out kind of defensive midfielder makes that tackle because they know what's coming. It, I don't know. It just it is what it is. But anyways, I think we need a Suchek or
2: or a, a Hoyberg. You know, not 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 saying those players exactly, but we need we need that ilk of player, don't we?
1: Yeah, we we need to go luck look, look in like the Czech Republic or something, some random league to go find a diamond in the rough. That's the that's the Villa Way twenty circus twenty sixteen. Go look in like <laughs> League Two France or something like that. I'm sure we can find some Ryman in the Duff. Or I should say um I should say 2015, Did you
2: say Ryman in the Duff? Is that what you just I said? I meant
1: dust. Yeah, but the duff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daddy, for making fun of you. I appreciate it. But anyways, uh, let's get on to the Twitter three word reviews. Of course, I always go on Twitter post match at 7500 to Holt is the Twitter handle. So you can get your uh, three word summaries uh, in there after I think there's roughly 100. So thank you all for getting involved. I'll just go ahead and read out a few right now. We'll start with uh, Richard Edwards saying seen it all or seen it before. Um, I don't know where I got the all from. So sorry there, Richard um, Ash Skinner saying uh, penalty changed game. A Donovan, another Ming's moment, Tom Jones, United, different rules. Um, Steve Robotham refs, love man. You uh, Tony Whiting, not good enough. Uh, David Wainwright saying a business as usual. Uh, Mark Paul, quality players needed. Uh, Holt underscore AVFC, uh, navity costly again. Uh, Charlie says, We love bottling. Um, I can't remember. If someone said the referees, uh, you know what? And I won't really say that because if I say that word, it's a British slang word. If a Canadian or American says it, we instantly get called cringe. So I just won't acknowledge that. No offense. Uh, Lee B AVFC saying they were better. Uh, we'll do two more. Mike Hingley saying biased refereeing again. And we'll finish off with Kevin Hughes saying rotational fouling works. Anyways, thank you all for getting involved. As always, like I said before, you can tweet us at 7500 to Holt. Danny, I'll come to you quickly before we take a quick break. Who is your man of the match?
2: Uh, Bertrand Traore for me. I thought I thought he looked good going forward. Like I said, I don't I don't think we were terrible going forward today. Yeah, I'd like to see Villa cut cut through a little bit more, but um, it's the defensive areas which put everybody on edge. Uh, Bertrand Traore for me. Obviously, like the, the goal that he scored is, was was brilliant. I thought that he was always kind of making himself available on the right hand side. Um, could have done better a little bit defensively. I thought Target had a decent game defensively as well, but the fact we've conceded three doesn't. Uh, you know makes me not want to give it to a defender so yeah i will probably go for bertrand fair enough simon how about you
0: um i was i was thinking Matt target uh because again i thought he had uh, another typical target performance this season the solid game but to be fair Dan's right we, we did concede three goals so <laughs> i probably can't do that um so yeah i' I'll, I'll go i'll go along with Troyore as well just because that goal was i mean i feel it's a shame that what's happened means that we haven't spent more time on that because what a strike that was so yeah i'll give it birthday
1: yeah i mean i probably probably should give more credit than it's due to be fair he made that defense look like absolute crap for like all of two seconds and it was a glorious two seconds i honestly i didn't expect that to come out of anywhere and the fact that it flew in the far right hand corner so perfectly i don't think you can say anything better than that but It's sad that Target didn't get a man of the match here match ball because I think that would have been like the seventh week in a row or something ridiculous. So (laughs) hopefully that returns next week. But anyways, yeah, I'll go Birdie Traore as well. I mean, I don't really know who else you can pick. Watkins was completely isolated. Um, El Ghazi just in and out um Ross Barkley need i say more um back to his best not um so yeah I'll give it to British area as well maybe we'll discuss oh, Ross Barkley in the second half but yeah
2: worth worth mentioning right as as bad as it is that Watkins is injured not not injured sorry Watkins is out of the next game it actually forces Dean Smith to have to play Wesley or Davis next game so yeah. there's something entertaining to to keep an eye on um, I mean
1: give give Dean Smith fair credit he literally just threw the kitchen sink like the whole compartment thing with the fridge and every kind of appliance <laughs> in that kitchen at that yeah. game. They switched to a four-two-four. I mean, it's with yeah, with Wesley- ten
2: minutes to go, Cole.
1: Yeah, well, no, about fifteen, I think roughly. So what I mean, was that's it? still nothing. But anyways, I'm caught. Cl- yeah. straws. But it's nice to just see them come on. It's just like, you know what? We had a few opportunities. They honestly, United looked like they were struggling a little bit. It was a little bit back and forth, and it was either going to be we equalize and it's going to be two all or you know yeah, what they yeah. hit us on the break and we just went to sleep i don't even say they hit us on the break because yeah but anyways let's take a quick break i wasn't guys. out at the finish yeah no yeah exactly um let's take a quick break guys and we'll be back for the uh, second half And welcome back to the latter part of this episode of the Holtcast. We're going to kind of briefly mention the Villa women's team, of course. Their final game of the WSL season finished today as well. Um, They drew for the first time to a top five side this season, being Arsenal 0-0, which kept them, you know what, more than comfortably up at this point, finishing 10th out of 12th on 15 points. Uh, Birmingham are below them in 11th, basically on 14 points and they got subtracted a point or deducted, I guess you could say, because they fielded an ineligible player that was actually suspended a game or two ago. So how Birmingham esque of that in a funny way, of course, Bristol city go down in the relegation spot on 12 points. Arguably the women probably should have probably had a few more wins. I think the two games previous to Arsenal, um, I'm think, If I'm thinking correctly, uh, they were winning both comfortably and just kind of went in for uh, a few draws due to last-minute goals. I think they finished with five draws or something like that crazy in a row, maybe six. But it's always good to see, Danny, I'll pass it over to you first. I know none of us are true experts in the women's game, so I'm not going to pretend that we are. But this is a sign that Villa as a club have invested in something. It's a massive step to keep them up. But what are your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I think look, um, I think it's great to see I think I think the Villa women to be fair they've been improving for the last couple of years, you know. Um, it's not it's not something which has kind of happened due to a cash injection. Do you know what I mean? I think I think it's good that Villa have kind of brought in some good signings and, and we've seen that but, but for any team coming up to the Premier League, sorry, the women's Super League, sorry, coming up to the you know the, the, the top division of women's football. Um, it's always going to be a tough ask. It's a big jump. It's a massive jump. There's so many, you know, top class international players. You know, you've seen the influx of of, of US uh, WNT women coming over and playing for some of the top sides, you know, to compete with sides like Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City. It was always going to be a difficult ask. And, you know, for them to stay up, um, you know, let's not understate it. You know, Birmingham City and Bristol City have probably had... You know that infrastructure I suppose a little bit more in the last few years I think I think when you look at Birmingham city though who who have now got relegated we've seen massive um, we, we, we we've seen a lot about them you know recently in the in the media the way that they've been treated by um, by by Birmingham city as a whole and you know the the struggles that they've had to go through this season um, it makes you kind of glad to see where Villa are heading and they've stuck. They've stayed up by the skin of their teeth, and they've done it against a top, top Arsenal side, who I believe had just won nine games in a row. So something um, like that, yeah. It was always going to be difficult today, um, but you know, Villa—they have to, they have to get, they have to pay the women's team respect. I want to, I want to see proper investment. I want to see, um, you know, I, 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 I want to see them given, given the right sort of platform. I think I think that's the main thing you know you look at you look at Chelsea you look at Man City you look at Arsenal, you look at United the way that they've that, that, that they've had success because they've treated the women's team right and I think villa needs to do that because we will get behind them as fans they will get we will get behind them um, and I think uh, it's it's great that they've managed to stay up um, and, and I hope that this is going to be the start of a real push forward for them um yeah I'm just delighted really happy that that, that we've managed it
1: yeah, I mean, it's typical Villa fashion nowadays to just kind of leave it to the final day and, you know, everyone's brooking it. But we survive. That's that's the Villa way now, apparently. But Simon, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, like Danny said there so perfectly, it's, it's a massive step forward and it's the first one that's needed to really kick on, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, I think... And I'll be honest, I, over the years, I I didn't really know too much or pay much attention about the Villawood team because I don't think the club really paid that much attention about them. But then when the new owners came in, I remember uh, Christian Perso very early on like made a big thing about you know it's it's not just the men's team you know that uh, that they're bothered about. It's the academy, it's the women's team as well. They want to raise the profile and try and make us a great club all around and. Obviously, the uh, last season they had a great year to get promoted. This year, like Danny said, it's, it's always going to be tough because you know there's a number of clubs in that league that have been so far ahead for so long. So you, you sort of always playing catch up. But I think uh, yeah, to stay up is is great. Obviously, they made some good signings. There. I think uh, Mano Rabuchi, the Japanese midfield, player. you know, she's a, a top international player. So I think to get someone like her raises the profile. Of the club, and I think with next season, I, I believe Sky Sports have got like uh, a, a TV deal now to show the Women's Super League. So hopefully that will raise the profile, and with fans being able to go back into the stadium, that all—I mean, I was actually this season, I was looking forward to to going down to a few of the women's games as well. But obviously, we're not been able to do that, so um, it's, it's, it's it's really great for the club and. Uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll continue a bit of investment in the summer, and they can try and push on and have a more successful year next year. Just, just like uh, the men's team have done this year, after staying up by the skin of their teeth with a good result against Arsenal at the back end of the season. I
2: think the TV deals are good as well. Like, um I think it's worth. I got, I got, a, I got to mention as well. I think the PVC are going to screen some WSL as well next season. Um, yeah, and I, I think <laughs> I can't, I can't not mention it. Uh, but I think, I think, I think as well. Right, what? we've got to do is, and I think encourage other fans to, to to give the support to the, to the women as well, because I remember tweeting about um, the fact that there were some live games on YouTube last year um, for the, you know, for the women's uh, for the women's games. And I, I'm, I'm not going to put it two ways, right. There was some absolute, there was some sexist comments, man. There was a lot of sexism in response to that. Or because, you know, some of us were suggesting, look, there's not a lot of football on TV these days the women are playing right now you know get it you know get 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 on YouTube support them because they are villa right and I never see people make negative comments about the academy when when people say that you know the academy games are on right. I never see that right so uh mm. i'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there right now but if you've not been watching the villa last season or the season before watch the villa women next season and and, and support them support them as you would the academy support them as you would the men's team because that's like that that is villa as a whole it's the entire club it's the fans it's the it's the players in whatever category they're playing in it's it's it's, it's the club as a whole that we're supposed to support it's not that one um 11 uh that that, that that's, that's turning up week in week out in the premier league it's 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 who it's it's the club as a whole so um yeah and i think that would you know really really push the women's team on and, and give them more success too if 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 we all improved our attitude a bit
1: yeah and I mean I think the best thing too I mean there's some days where the men's and women's schedules collide in terms of the games are on the same day sometimes sometimes at the same time like today but most of times it's completely different days and schedules so you know what if you want more of your Villafix and you love looking at the academy already, you obviously like watching the first team, why not add that to your list? It's a it's a good promotion for the club, and you know what? They're going to get better and better with the investment we've already seen the men's side, within the academy, within the training complex, and we've all probably seen the video now of, uh, of uh, I can't remember, was it Prince William went down and kind of gave it its little coronation and all that royally doily stuff and all that fun stuff to see, but you know what? It's another thing to add to your arsenal of, uh, Villa interest I guess you could say And long may that continue Long may all these clubs be on the rise Or sides within Villa I should say But anyways without further ado Let's have a little bit more fun And get away from the uh, the Negative result that was the United Loss of course and I'll give it to Simon Now we're going to play a little uh, Villa who am I Of course Simon's going to take the reins Me and Danny are going to try to guess I'm going to do my best not to give Danny The the win or the draw Basically, the guest this time, like I did a few weeks ago. So, uh, without, oh, you can go
2: first. I'll let you go first as well. Like, <laughs>
1: go ahead and have that as far. Fair. I'll, I'll hand it over to Simon now, anyways. Okay. So, I've got two,
0: and I'm not sure. I don't, they'll even be really difficult or really easy. We'll just have to wait and see how this one plays out. So, uh, start with the first one, and you're going to have to uh, forgive the pronunciation of, of some of these places and clubs, because it's going to be horrific. So, I was born in Svenstrup, Denmark, in 1991. I genuinely... So,
1: 1991, so he would I think
0: Danny's got it already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. Am I being stupid? I feel like I... No, he... Okay, Danny, go ahead. I said I'd let you go first. I feel like I know who it is, but I can't remember how old he is.
2: There's two possibilities for me.
1: Yeah, there's two, and I... <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is the too easy one. This one. Uh no, Danny, go ahead. I'm having a brain fart. Go ahead. I'll give it to you.
2: Okay, it's my first one. Is it Joris
1: Incorrect. Okay. Oh.
0: So Cole, you get a guess.
1: <laughs> 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 I can't remember if he's Danish though. Um, no, I can picture his face. This is really annoying. Um, but he's, I don't know. I'm gonna skip I can't remember. I feel really stupid, but anyways. Okay, so
0: the next clue. I started my career at, I'm going to say, Aalborg from 2005 to 2013.
2: Is it? The man with no pants. Oh, that's what <laughs> I was
0: <laughs> going <laughs> to say. I couldn't
1: remember he was Danish.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Helenius. Uh... I, I knew that was going to be Sweden as soon as you knew what country it was, because you're right, he's only going to be Hilenius or Oh, uh... <laughs>
2: I feel like maybe, maybe right in the coming weeks if when we when we play this maybe we shouldn't give away the nationality straight away. Yeah, maybe, we should, th- maybe we should start going with obscure facts I don't know
1: true. yeah i think we might have to do Well that. don't don't bring up a Corey's, okay <laughs> we'll not discuss that here or anything like that well, I, I
0: was hoping sense. that consellius K- K- like he only made three league appearances, so I was, I was hoping like one of you would have just forgotten he existed. <laughs> I liked him.
2: I was this. This is the thing. I was I was so mad about the Hellenia situation because like Lambert's side was just not scoring goals. Yeah, here we had this dude who actually had a pretty decent goal scoring record in his in his like you know previous um, in his previous countries. Previous didn't he have some really he,
0: didn't. he had some bad personal issues? I didn't know.
2: I think I think that's what later came out, but I'm, I yeah. think at the, I think I think at the time. I was definitely just a bit mad that you know we weren't was, giving yeah. him game time.
1: Oh, that's annoying because I knew who it was <laughs> and I can picture—I can remember his name, but I could picture his face. And then for some reason, I was trying to convince myself after pure panic that it was Tonev, but I know Tonev's not from Denmark. So this is how my brain works, folks. But anyway, Simon, <laughs> go ahead with the second one. Do you know what this okay. reminds me of? Just really go quickly,
2: on. just like I, that, it's that—it's that white and purple checkered shirt. That's what I remember.
0: Yeah. God, yeah. Oh, the that's, gotcha. that's what <laughs> it gives me memories of. Yeah, I always always remember him somehow not getting a penalty from Patong and pulling his shorts down. <laughs> Just how <laughs> that was never given, but
1: yeah. anyway, <laughs> his little tiny okay. ladies. Yeah.
0: So the next one. Now, this one, to be fair, the, the nationality won't help you because he's English. So, okay. I was born in I was born in Birmingham
1: in 1987. Should I just get it out with do- uh, with Danny? Just get this. I know it's not him, but do we just need to say it for old time's sake? <laughs> <Why not? laughs> Simon Dawkins. <laughs> right,
2: clearly not probably, is he? Like, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> just get out of the way. Just get it out of the way. I'll sacrifice my first guest just for that.
2: Is it... Um, I don't know, by the way. Just so you know. Is it... Thanks. <laughs> okay. I just didn't think of someone from Birmingham. Of that, is it
0: Gabby? It's not Gabby. No. So I started my career with Aston Villa. I was there from 2006 to 2011, making 19 league appearances.
1: 2006 to 2011. So he would have left. I would have seen him play for at least a season. And I don't even know if he made any appearances that season. So that doesn't help either. Um, I'm going to have to pass. I generally have no clue.
2: Okay, um, from Birmingham, played from 2006 to 2011. Five years at the club. Wow. Um, could he have left early? Was he an he academy player? That's why I like, No, is it? Is it Luke Moore? Is that your guess? Yeah, is it Luke Moore?
0: <laughs> it's not Luke Moore. No. Okay. Um, during my spell at Villa, I had loan spells at Nottingham
1: Forest, Middlesbrough, and Sheffield Wednesday what <laughs> i can't remember this has nothing to do with it but when i think of Knotts county i think of jack realish most recently wishing jamal campbell rice a happy birthday um well, that's what i saw on Twitter not too long ago don't don't think of knots county because i said not again promised <laughs> <laughs> oh did you oh see that's how much i pay attention sweet okay ignore me um yeah anyways there's a good story there <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I'll skip again. I generally have no clue. Is it um,
2: Nathan Delfonso?
1: It's not. Ooh, that's a good shout. That's not a bad shout, though.
0: Is he a Blackpool still? I've no idea. I think he is, actually, yeah. Uh, So, next clue. After I left Villa, I moved to Hibs for one season before coming back to England to play for Blackpool. Oh, there's the Blackpool link.
1: Oh, damn it. Okay, so if he came back to Blackpool, so this is like 2013. So they because I remember
2: been... this dude's career. I like I, I fully. I'm 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 I'm, I'm thinking. I, I do remember a player that did this.
1: I, I fully do. So 2013, <laughs> they would have been in the championship. That, that's tough. I can see where you got Nathan Delfonso though, Danny, because that would make sense. But I feel like that's a few years off.
2: It's all those it's all those loan spells.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna look like the biggest like. International fan idiot, but I have to pass again. I have no clue. I just don't <laughs> want to say something stupid. I've already said two stupid things. So
2: this is so hard.
1: This is a hard th- one, actually.
2: These loan spells happen whilst at Villa,
0: dude. The loan spells for Forest, Middlesbrough, and Sheffield Wednesday was when he was still up at Villa, yeah.
2: Okay, but Hibbs happened afterwards.
0: Yeah, he left Villa to go to Hibbs for a year before joining Blackpool.
1: Oh, maybe. Oh, I already passed. Oh, mind. is it? Is it Sean Maloney?
0: It's not Sean Maloney, no. Oh, Scottish connection, fair enough. And to be fair, Sean Maloney wasn't born in Birmingham.
2: No, he wasn't, wasn't he? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I
1: forgot about that. <laughs> he, he just put on a fake Scottish accent just for the soul. Man, I feel stupid. So, oh,
0: okay. After After leaving Blackpool, I had spells at Scunthorpe, Forest Green, two separate spells at Warsaw, and I'm
1: currently playing yeah, for the Neaton Borough.
2: <laughs> I have it. <laughs> We're gonna let Cole go first. I have
1: it. None eat. I love he's this guy. He's just going down, and
2: oh. I love this guy. By the way, I know it's not <laughs> who I think.
1: I, I I'm I have a name in my head, but I know it's not because I know where he is right now. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. What's the Col- name you got in your head You might.
0: I, know, as well.
1: I, I I thought I my I have Lewis Kinsella in my head, but I know it's not him. It's not yeah, him. he's at like I think he's. I can't remember where he is, but I know he's non-league. I'm pretty sure still. So
2: right, I actually quite like this player. Right, it's it's we don't have enough of these sort of you know tall gangly. CDMs. <laughs> wait wait wait! Am I going to feel really <laughs> stupid
1: after you say this? No,
2: you won't. I, okay, do, I don't know right. if it was like I don't know if it was like maybe a couple of years before your time call. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, but like yeah, so like we don't have enough of these like tall gangly CDMs anymore. Like he would fit perfectly in our midfield now if he had a little bit more to him. Um, but yeah, it's Isaiah Osborne, the, the, the Bromley
0: Vieira. Oh, Isaiah Osborne, yeah. Well done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember, in, was that what they called that. him?
2: The Bromley Vieira, was it?
0: I don't remember. I remember him being called certain things, but never the Bromley Vieira. <laughs> oh, well,
1: let's not repeat those things then. It didn't sound good. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, I liked Isaiah Osborne. I, I really did. And it was just, it was a case of, you know, it was never going to fit into that Martin O'Neill system.
0: No. No. To be fair, like, I remember when, when he first came in, to be fair, I, I actually thought he was quite decent. But then there, there were some times, like, I still maintain that I've never seen someone do on the pitch with the ball at his feet what I've seen Isaiah Osborne do with the ball at his feet. And I don't mean that as a compliment. Like, he, he did some unbelievably strange things sometimes, but yeah, Isaiah Osborne. I just, like, so when he first sort of came in, like, he looked like a, like a really talented player, but then towards the end of his time at Villa, he looked like he... He literally never seen a football before. He it was like a rugby player had been put onto the pitch, and he's like, "Hang yeah. on, why, why? is this 4 round strikes? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> because he had like he could carry the ball forward a little bit, couldn't he? He could yeah. do that, and that was good. But um, yeah, I think he, under pressure, he, he wasn't.
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason why he's not playing Premier League football anymore. They'll have there, had so many midfielders where like they're young and hopeful, and he thought, you know, I just play him because he's going to be class. Like I look at him. I guess, like, I'm just looking at his like stats page now. It, it kind of reminds me of like Jordan Lydon in a relegation season when everyone just thought like, "Oh, you know, I just play the kids, play him, he's class," and then mm. he didn't even start for us next season. He was already gone. <laughs> well, We've had a think,
0: couple of players like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think what we had the real problem, sort of from around 2005 onwards of just whatever managers in charge never gave the kids any like proper developments. They they wouldn't send them out on loan until it was too late to really benefit them yeah and but then they were keeping hold of them and just not giving them the game time but they need to develop. like as you say i especially under o'neill like o'neill we all know like he he had his start at 11 and that was pretty much it you had to do something bloody special to get out of that team once you're in it Can you so... imagine being a being a right back in the academy like you've got yeah. you've
2: got the two right backs ahead of you plus the entire midfield
0: exactly yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Nigel Rio is <Ryukoka's laughs> gonna be filling in, James James is filling in. Like, do you know what I mean? What's
0: ridiculous, wasn't that?
2: <laughs> you know, another player who like also kind of just got away. I suppose like Chris Hurd, like just
0: yeah, I liked
1: a Brett Holman, yeah. <laughs> no, Brett, Brett, Brett
2: Holman <laughs> had a good career. He had he had a very cultured career, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Now yeah, uh... Chris Hurd, I agree. Was he was another one that I, I I also think as well that we. We sort of wasted Barry Bannon as well. Like Barry Bannon's a good footballer. He, I thought he, he seemed to get like he got really unfairly scapegoated by Villa fans towards the end when like we were a pretty poor team at that stage. And so why he, the young kid was being picked on? I never understood. But he's ba- Bannon's a good player. Like he could have had a decent career with a bit more, bit more trust in him from a younger age. Jonathan yeah.
2: Hogg, Ender Stevens as yes. well. Like let's be let's be honest. Mark Le Brighton, we let go we let go of a Premier League winning winger <laughs> just because, right? I don't know what Paul Lambert thought when he when he looked at him and went,
1: Yeah. Daff. Nah he, <laughs> he, look, he looked at him and then looked at Tone Evan, went, Yeah, mm, I want some of that. I don't know. <sighs> Good old Paul oh, Lambert. That last well. ten
2: years, that last ten years and the players that we've let go of has been baffling, you know, honestly. Yeah. Baffling. <laughs>
1: um, but Anyways. it gives us
2: lots of players to pick from in these games
1: yeah anyways guys should we should we leave it at that because i'm sure we're probably almost getting to the hour mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well we'll leave it there guys hopefully everyone enjoyed um a little bit of housekeeping of course if you want to leave a um five-star review on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcast greatly it. just makes it a little bit easier for everyone else to find us thank you very much for listening of course if you want to find danny on twitter it's at raza journal you can find simon on twitter at cy O'Regan. you can find me cole pedham on twitter at talk aston villa tweet the team at 7500 holt you can email the podcast holtcast at gmail.com i think i've said this so many times guys that i can literally probably say this 20 years from now this whole little kind of um outro but anyways we'll leave it there we'll be back soon um when's our next game I think Thursday I think so we'll we'll figure out something and get some people on to discuss that but anyways don't forget up oh, the villa.